Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thank you for listening. My guest today is Pilar Alessandra. Before we get to Pilar, I want to tell you that the website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. Go there. You can see photos of our guests. You can see stories that I've written. You can see stories that some of the guests have written. You can see links to our guests' social media, and you can see links to our social media, which is Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter, and Travel Tales Podcast on Facebook. Follow us, please, on all those formats. And if you want to write me, it's Travel Tales Podcast at gmail.com. That's Travel Tales Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, there are links to Stitcher Radio and iTunes where you can subscribe. And if you're on those formats, please give us a good rating because that boosts our presence and helps more people find the show. And that's a cool thing. Now let's get to Pilar Alessandra. Pilar is a screenwriting coach and teacher, and she has uh, written a book on screenwriting, The Coffee Break Screenwriter. You can find out all about her at onthepage.tv. And uh, she's also the wife of my good friend Pat Francis, who hosts the Rock Solid podcast, of which I am a rotating co-host on occasion. I always have a lot of fun doing that show. And Pilar is a return guest on this show. I interviewed her way back in 2011 in a hotel in Saigon. Actually, Ho Chi Minh City, if you want to get technical. But yeah, in Vietnam, I was uh, traveling around Southeast Asia, and she was there teaching the Vietnamese how to write screenplays. And I guess that is a uh, popular thing to want to learn around the world, because since then, Pilar has been to just about every continent except Antarctica. And I'm sure if the penguins ever want to learn how to write uh, for TV or film or the internet, well, heck, she'll be down there to do it. She has flown all over the world to teach screenwriting, and she's been a lot of places since we last talked. It's always great to see her, and I'm glad she decided to sit down and uh, talk with me again and share her travel tales. So please enjoy my conversation with the lovely and charming Pilar Alessandra. Pilar, thank you for doing this again. Thank you. You're a repeat guest on the Travel Tales podcast. Well, repeat by like, what, five or six years maybe? We were, it was 2011. Yeah, we were in Vietnam when we recorded. That's right. Yeah, with your you mom. You and me in Nam. Oh, we were in the shit, man. <laughs> in Nam. We were in uh, Saigon, weren't we? Or Ho Chi Minh City? Uh, yes, actually. Ho Chi Minh City. Yes, and you were teaching uh, screenwriting to the Vietnamese, <laughs> which apparently they, it's a big need over there. They need screenwriting. It was, that was such a weird trip because do you remember like they had my face plastered on the I took that photo of building. your gigantic face. It was so weird. Yeah, you would be like, take a left at the Big Head building. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then also like I had gotten off the plane and into a talk show. 
Like they, we didn't even have time to go to our hotel. If we went to a talk show, and then from there we went to that dinner that we yeah. took you to, and they a had musicians, private and, opera, yes. And they gave you and your mother like hats and, oh and costumes. It and, was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. That was fun. Yeah. So it was uh, it was quite a trip, but it also kind of gave me a little bit of a fever at that time. What? Well, you know, no, 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 like. A fever. Okay, got not it. like a fever. Not food poisoning. Like, yeah, like, okay, but good. like, I it, it definitely triggered something where I was like, I think I love this because you I were a little love... afraid to go, if I recall. I was. I had I had a little bit of that like you know that that white fright thing where yeah. I was um I was like, oh, what if they don't speak the language? Well, no, of course they're not going to speak the language, <laughs> idiot. You know. Um, but I and also teaching in front of a non English speaking group. Of oh uh, God, I think there were about 150 people there. Well, maybe more. It was a big room. It was, and um, and having using translators and all that. So I was I was scared about so many things. Um, Plus, we lost the war there. I don't know if you know that. I <laughs> <laughs> was. They may have a little. Uh, you were worried about a little backlash. That could have been bad. But but you know it was so that part of of doing it was so fascinating that yeah. I was like oh that. Talk about throwing new challenges your way. So yeah, I loved it. But until then, you had only—I mean, you had been to London teaching, yeah, and you had and but, Ireland, but yeah. it was all English-speaking place, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And since then, since then, since in this six—oh my God, six years. Yes. In this last six years, you have been to. Let's see. Why don't you name off some of the countries you? Well, been to? back to London, teaching twice a year, so at least eight times. Um, Lisbon, Portugal, twice. Um, Cape Town, South Africa. Uh, Warsaw, Poland, Cartagena, Colombia. Um, anywhere else that I, I China? You've been China. to mainland oh, China, Beijing, China twice. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's been crazy. So did okay. Let's start with China. Yeah. When when did you go? You've been there twice. Yeah. So I I was just there in March, and okay. I was there two years before that. Oh, both Beijing. Both Beijing. Yes. Okay. And uh, I think the second trip was much more successful because I was a lot more prepared. Because, you know, when you do get used to foreign travel and stuff like that and, you know, having, having your big head on a government building and stuff <laughs> like that, you get a little bit of a big head thinking, well, everybody's just going to take care of me and just speak my language yeah, and do what my I want. Carpet? And everybody's going to write. Exactly. Uh, but the first time I went to Beijing two years ago, people were like, uh, yeah, we own the world. We're really... <laughs> So uh, what do you have for us? So it was a tough crowd, and it was three days of teaching TV. Just and TV? Just TV. And, uh, and I realized, you know what, I needed to be better prepared. So this time, you know, I had all kinds of examples, and I just, and I'd been doing it longer, and I really, and I also, I just wanted to, it to be as as good a class as, as possible, as an excellent a class as possible. What does a Chinese crowd demand that, say, other nations and their crowds don't demand? Well, you know, again, you know, I, I hate to generalize about, you know, an entire population because, trust me, they do, you know, everybody generalizes about us, especially these Absolutely. days. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, there was a certain kind of, like, demand for excellence, and I better be on it. Now, one thing I noticed this time around was that... Where I had gotten that from a certain generation, including my own, um, the millennials. Millennials are the same around the world. <laughs> they're obsessed. They're on their phones. They're constantly. on their phones. Right. You know, and they're really, you know, they're they're inventive. They uh, don't, you know, carry all these rules with them. They're really open. Um, and it, it was interesting to me that it was like just like oh, 
that person could be my 17-year-old daughter, you know? Yeah, they're, they're eating artisan organic crickets in the market. <laughs> 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 well, you know, there is a lot of, you know, I'll go to a place like, like Beijing or something and they'll be like, there is this fantastic French place I want to take you to. And right. I'm like... Yeah, no, I'm, I want to have I'm the Chinese. Yeah, Peking duck. That's <laughs> right. what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. With the neck still on it and the head's right there, <laughs> hanging in the window. I That's love, what we want. I had a real Peking duck That's, dinner. Right? I, yes. I'd love to try that. Yes. That was mm. the first time I went to Beijing, and um, I was hosted by some production company that saw, thought I was more important than I actually am. And <laughs> You're very, come on now, you're very important. No, not at all, but you know, whatever. It was, it was <laughs> well, they patient. don't know that. Yeah, yeah. So, so we go to like this, this private like this private part of this restaurant where like you, there were these huge doors that would open to another room with doors that would open to another room that with doors that would open and you know and you know what a dinner like that can be just course after course and um the the uh the head of the production company did not speak english so there was somebody next to to me who would translate and say what he was saying. So it was all, a lot of Mr. Q wants to let you know this. Mr. Q wants to let you know that. It was, right. it was a little James Bond, to be honest with you. Q. Mr. Q. Um, and then I looked around and there were all these women at the table. And I said, oh, you know, tell Mr. Q. I, I think it's wonderful that he has all these women that are working for him in this production company. And she says, Mr. Q says that's because you can pay them less money. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I was like, Mr. Q. I was like, oh, okay, oh, all right. Man. That wasn't exactly what I meant, but okay, all right. Let's get to know around the world, women all make less. Let's get to that. Not just here; it's everywhere. Some things are universal. It was really funny. That's what. So, was it like Vietnam? And then they had a, like a government person following you around all the time, or um, watching no, what you were saying. No, I remember saying? in Vietnam, yeah, the police did show up, but um, no, it wasn't like that. And also, I I taught in two different places: one uh, public class. Um, and then I went and taught at the Netflix of China. And, uh, and what they're looking for is they wanted to get out of reality content and into more fictional content. Okay. Like, they, um, like they're doing here. Yes. Yeah. And it's, you know, you wouldn't know you were in different places. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it, was, it was fascinating. What surprised you about China that maybe you had your preconceived notions were completely different or did some things? What what really jumped out at you your first time? Well, I think what, I haven't been to mainland China. I, I think what what surprises me all over the world. And this is going to sound really, really new agey. We are the world, or whatever. But it is absolutely true that everybody is exactly the same. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right? I, yeah, you know, because I I have the pleasure of talking to people about their stories, right? About what they imagine for their movie, movie stories or their TV shows. And everybody is excited by the same kind of adventures or has the same kind of family drama or heartache. And so I'm always sort of fascinated that it, it goes in these similar directions. I actually have to get people out of formula a lot, no matter where they are. Um, so I'm and then people will go out to lunch with me and they're asking me things that like, it, it's like hanging out with my friends, you know? So I think it, it's, you know, after six years of intense travel, you would think that I wouldn't go in with these American biases, but I do. And yeah. then I'm always surprised. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you like that too? Whoa. You know, <laughs> right. it's like, I'm an idiot. But I mean, they do have things blocked. Like they don't have Facebook, right? Still in China? They have their own thing. They have their own version everything. of everything. And they have yeah. their own Amazon, like Alibaba, I think it is. Yeah, is they have... They have uh, one thing, and I wish I 
could know the name of it off the top of my head, but it covers everything. So they're constantly on it. It's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all together. It's one thing. And oh. then there's Alibaba. Okay. So like Alibaba is their search engine, but this other thing, uh, like I said, I wish I could think of it. So it's not like they sit there going, God, we wish we had Facebook. They're like, no, yeah, yeah okay. we got our own. Right. So whatever. Now, I mean, in a, a broad global scale, you go, yes, yeah, but like they can't you're connect being with censored us. and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, again, it goes back to, yeah, we own the world. Yeah, yeah right. we're bigger than you. There's um, a billion point three of yeah, us. Yeah, we're okay. We're, we're all right. Uh, was it like, I can only imagine it after being to India, it's just the thing that really jumped out at me there and that I was expecting, but still you're not prepared for it, is just the amount of people. Yes. It's the, you know, China, I guess, has like 20 cities that are like 10 million or over or something. It's crazy. Like but, a small but, city to them is 5 million. But Beijing's like being in L.A. I mean, L.A. is such a huge, sprawling Why, all the Asian? city. <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there? Come on, see? That is preconceived. We notion. should move on from Beijing. <laughs> There are other places. No, I too. know. I'm fascinated because I, I've never been. Probably more. That's why I'm more fascinated. But do they? Is there a difference in storytelling that they're used to, like in terms of structure, of what they expect in the, movies? No. Um, sometimes there is in, in in other countries. In Beijing, I think the structure was similar, but the the willingness to go to scarier, darker places wasn't. Everything was a little bit lighter. Yeah. Um, and As opposed I'd, to like Japan and South Korea where they get twisted, crazy stuff, right. like horror and all that other. And in China, I don't know if it was a sense of censorship holding them back or whatever, but sometimes I would push and I would look to the people who were organizing, like, am I pushing too much? And they were fine. They were fine. Like, that's what they had hired me to do is, you know, people hire me because they assume I represent some kind of American sensibility, which I don't, but whatever. And, <laughs> um, and so if that means... I'm pushing. They're saying, well, that's what we hired you for. How was the ratio of men and women on the, uh, at the speeches, Where you, like the writers? Mostly men? No. Or, really? Okay. No. Again, this is just fascinating to me. It is equal wherever I go. Um, when I was in Lisbon, I taught for two years in a row to um, a company that only does telenovelas. Ah, okay? see. Because in Lisbon... Um, uh, in Portugal, all their primetime local programming, whatever doesn't come in from the U.S. or London or whatever, is telenovelas. Like Mexican style, like way overly dramatic. Kind of. They are. Maria! There's a lot of... Por qué? Yeah, <laughs> it's not that the acting is over the top. The acting's good. It's that the because you have limited sets and limited yeah, budget right all the drama has to come from these twists and turns with relationships so like lots of twins and lots of <laughs> yeah. you know cheating on spouses separated yeah. at birth and cha- yeah cheating Ooh. on spouses and, and all that kind of stuff so the i think they were trying to get away from that a little bit and go to a more you know show don't tell kind of thing when i came in to help out. Uh, but in that case, going back to men and women, a lot of women, um, and everybody very young. In that case, they had sort of a studio system of just this huge amount of young people that were put on show after show after show, not really paid per show, just sort of given a salary to jump from show to show, um, and had to crank out daily shows. Daily. These telenovelas are daily, most so, of them. How long are there the scripts for like a typical telenovela are um, they hour long yeah i believe they're hour long 
Yes. Wow. Um, I should know this, but um, but they're also trying to change up their format too. So right, it, it really depends. Some they're they're trying to go to weekly. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm just wondering if they would get since it's Portugal, they would get like Brazilian telenovelas and things like that. But. Uh, no, I think it's it's just all you yeah. know. It's it's right there. How awesome is Lisbon though? Isn't it great? I love Lisbon. It's beautiful. I love it. When you were there, did you go to the old quarter? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, which you have to. Like, you go to any country, and it has to be like, where's the old town? Where's old quarter? I need to go there, because that's where all the cool stuff is. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that one, is it a, it's a tower, right? It's like you go to the the big tower there, and yeah, you drink some of the wine. Oh, my God, the wine. Oh, and also, (laughs) wait, I wrote it down, because I always say it wrong. You have a recommendation? It's these, those custard tarts. You had them, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That famous place down by the beach or whatever. Well, they're everywhere. It's Pastéis de Nada. It's a Custard, warm custard tart. They yes. have it. Have them everywhere. They have them for breakfast. It, it's part of why you'll never want to leave. It's just <laughs> so good and affordable. Lisbon's yes. actually affordable for Europe. It's very affordable. Yes, I always tell people that's like you should really check it out because you're seeing like the great old you know, architecture and all that stuff. But it's it's so much cheaper than say like Paris or something like that. Yeah, it's really nice, really cool. And always like like you said, go to the highest place in a place. Like you go to the old quarter, right? Yeah. But at wherever you are, also go to the highest place. <laughs> right. You know, and then look around, and then eat something you've never eaten before. You know, and. Congratulations, you're a traveler, you know? Well, yeah, but do people, like, you have hosts still taking you around all these places? I, well, I try to get away from my hosts wherever I am for at least a day. Oh, yeah. You know, um, it, you know Cape Town may have been, uh, that was different because um, I, I did feel so out of my element. In Cape Town? In, <laughs> really? No, I, didn't, I think it's... It was, it What's was, hard about well, it? it? was it was beautiful, but where I was, where I was teaching, was a place called Triggerfish. Um, it was an animation company, okay. and um, we were. A, it was a little bit out of the way from like the the regular town, so I did need a driver to take me around. Oh, I did. I had a driver. Oh well, I know. Pleasure. So I wasn't trying to like get away from my driver and go into the city by myself because I just kind of couldn't. You do have to be careful if you go into the wrong section. It's, exactly. I, mean, I went to the. I was doing a charity trip there, and we went by the slums that. Whose names I can't. The giant, the big slum, right, and it's right. like a million people, and it's it's unbelievable yeah. how huge it is. Yeah, and it's just literally a shanty towns and shacks, and you're just like oh my, and it just keeps going. And there was a, there were people like offering me tours of that, and I was like, I don't feel com- I've like, right. What you know? What am I going to do? Like take selfies, but you know, it's just so strange. Pose next to your hovel. Yeah, it was it was weird, but but in that case. With my driver, um, with my driver, with my I just driver. feel like such an ass saying this. But I um, shouted to him from the back of the <laughs> carriage. But doing what I do, a lot of people end up telling me their stories because they'll always start with, oh, "You teach movies? <laughs> you think this is a movie? Yeah, Here's or my life." In this case, right, exactly. My life is a movie, and in this case, this driver, his name is Jacques. He was from Rwanda. And his life indeed was a oh movie. Oh my God, yeah. So I was driven to this production company. I, w- I was teaching there for five days straight. And there was a sixth day where I was touring around a little. And so we got to know each other very well. And he would tell me a little bit more of his story every day. Mm. And it took him 
Now, some of this may be a little tall taling, you know, because he's turned it into a story. He was this natural storyteller. But, you know, he, he escaped genocide. He found his parents murdered. He left to get to Cape Town, but it took him months you know, to try and get from one place to another to another. And, and by the time he was in Cape Town, he had a wife and a child. And it was just fascinating. I'd get these little snippets of whatever he decided wow. to tell me that day. Um, and whether only three quarters of it was true or whether all of it was true, it didn't matter. It was fascinating and completely new to me. So that's one of the cool things about traveling is you just get all these people that, yeah. you know, you'd never, you would never meet. And the craziest thing is there's probably a million guys there with his same story. You know what I mean? Like, or very similar. Probably. You know, we escaped this genocide and famine to get over here. And then yeah. I had like, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. I mean, they have their own immigrant issues that they, it's so funny how it's like they are more worried about the like Nigerians coming down. Yeah. You know, because they're like, oh, these, they're taking benefits from, you know what I mean? So it's, everybody has someone to look down everybody, on. Everybody, yeah, there's always that sort of pecking order. Did you, did they take you to the, like, the apartheid uh, museum and the district? No, 6 I didn't, and- I didn't have time um, because I really was um, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Oh. with the writers every day. But these writers were, it was a competition, and they whittled it down to thirty-five people, and they were from all over Africa. So it wasn't it wasn't all the uh, the white Afrikaners. Oh no 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 the, no okay. no! It was from it was uh, it was writers, animation writers from all over the continent. And, Only animation. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, and so they'd won, you know, they'd won enough of the competition to sort of get me for five days. And then after the five days, we were going to whittle it down to three animation writers and three TV writers. And I cannot tell you how incredible these writers were. I mean, again, like all of my preconceived notions just out the window. And yes, some of them sort of took in, you know, whatever cultural uh, ideas they grew up with um, and successfully wove it into their stories. And some were just like, yeah, there's a talking pig and a talking yeah. mule. Here we go. You know? <laughs> yeah, animation, you can go anywhere. Right. Can, yeah. Right. And it was an incredible experience. I mean, I just... That, that was the trip. So I want to know if this happens to you. <laughs> okay. This is bad. But, so I was away for 20 days. I started in London teaching there. Then I went to Lisbon and taught there, and then I went to Cape Town. Which, of oh, course, I remember this was all one. It was long one trip, trip so because sometimes three weeks. when you've got kids like I do, you don't want to come home and keep saying goodbye. Right. You know that's the worst. I get it. So I just took off, lumped them all together, and I was gone for twenty whole days. And I think it was like toward the end of the trip in South Africa. Were you crying? Well, I, I was. Go. I was in this <laughs> moment where I was like, "God, it's so beautiful," and this, and all this stuff, and I realized I don't miss anybody like, where I, like <laughs> for a moment i was like oh my god and then i was like you almost I, turned the corner i was like i gotta go home yeah, was, i gotta oh, go home I right children now yeah i have a family yeah and it's like this weird yeah high, it's like, right? I, could, I could keep going yes yes keep going and it's bad it's like it must be what like runners feel yeah. or, <laughs> yeah, i don't know high. travelers high yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, like, i get it does that does that happen to you when yeah you, it's when either one gone? or the other it's just like uh, yes yeah, after three months of uh, I was ready to come, on 2011 that trip. Yeah, I was just tired and ready to come, but I, not because I missed America that much. I didn't really miss America. I didn't miss the business. Didn't miss. I missed my friends, you know. But other than that, 
No, I could have kept going. What wore me out was going every three, four days to a new place. Uh-huh. That gets exhausting. The packing up again, going. But in terms of living elsewhere, no, I could have. I could have. Stay. I could do it now. But I also test like, me. You got a job? You need a driver? And I, <laughs> another driver of your limo somewhere? Yeah, I think Pat would like that. Yeah, yeah Mike Siegel's going to be he's driving cart me, me around. around, driving Miss, <laughs> driving right. Miss Daisy around. <laughs> um, did they? Did you go to wine country at all down there? In, in Cape Town. Cape Town. I I heard about it. Here's the thing. So I had Selling those five days, and, and I would go out at night you know, for incredible food or whatever. And I would go out with some of the people that brought me in, like the heads of the production company and, and things like that. Or, oh, I went to... Did they take to, you to Carnivore, that animal restaurant where you can have every kind of animal? No, we went to a... Oh, this is killing me. I can't remember what, what restaurant. It was good. Okay. <laughs> eat, eat everything with your hands, good. It was good. Okay. Um, but we, I did go to a braai, right? Oh, yeah. The, the, the students were like... The ones from Cape Town were like, we got to do a braai. And yeah, it sounds like a barbecue, but it's so different. Have you, have you done yes, this? Yes. It's just like... It's kind of a barbecue. It is it, a barbecue, but it is a barbecue. It's with, there's no hot dogs. There's no hamburgers. No. People are bringing... You have to bring meat, you mm-hmm. know, and they're bringing the kudu freshest, and coolest. Yes. Gator. And yeah, I, I ate... What else did I eat there? I know kudu, uh, springbok. Yeah. It's like deer. And that was, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was just like so good. So I... Yeah, my South, my Cape Town experience, other than one um, mini safari, mm-hmm. was pretty much like all what In I was the getting there and city and and food and and that's what a lot of it is for me. Is like I will usually spend one day. I'll ask for one day where I can just see the sights. Like in Beijing, I was like, great wall right now. You right, know what I mean? Right. But <laughs> you um, have to kind of. Yeah, you have to. But most of it is sort of like the people and and. And what's all around me, which I think is actually kind of cool. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have your traditional tourist experience. Well, I still haven't been to Colombia. Oh. So, Cartagena is on my list. Oh, Tell me about that. But did, you were already there. You didn't God. go to, like, Medellin or any of those other places. No, because this film festival, uh, the Cartagena International Film Festival, um, when I work there, I work with the producers' conference where all these, again, there's a competition. There's young producers have come in from all over South America to pitch their ideas in front of an international jury, which includes like people from Cannes and people mm-hmm. from Tribeca. Okay. And I have to, I have to coach them for a number of days and their first language is not English. So I have to coach them in, in pitching and they have to pitch in Spanish and in English. So they have to have the best story oh, God. period, because it may not be that the English is what's so great. It's the story. Um, so it, it it's it's an incredible festival because it's just like all in Old Town again in that walled off sure. part of Very of Cartagena yeah. yes and the whole all of the entire Old Town is. Run, the, the festival's everywhere. So you kind of feel very safe just walking around. And, um, and there's this huge party atmosphere. Like, I would be done working, and they'd be like, you are coming with us. Yes. And, and, and we eat dinner at midnight. Exactly. And then we're out till 6 a.m. Right. I had to, like, sneak away from parties. I'm like, please <laughs> let me go home and sleep. Because I got I to gotta teach all the next day. Yeah. There was this one time where I was done teaching, and somebody, like, whispers in my ear, like, would you like to see the sunset? Right. Mm, and oh, I was like, well, all right, I'll oh, see the sunset. Oh, Juan, I, I would. <laughs> right. Exactly, Juan Pablo. I will. Oh, well, yes, that well, actually was, see Juan was Pablo. the person who said that. So, <laughs> so I was like, sure, I'll see the sunset. And then, then, boom, this like 
yacht whisks up. Uh-huh. I'm on a yacht now. There are mojitos everywhere on the yacht and people salsa dancing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. And then Pat calls oh. my husband because he's like in the commuter line at, in Woodland Hills in the hot waiting for my daughter. And he's <laughs> bored, right? His so, sixth sense is going off. I bet my wife is on a boat right now Well, with, it, with some Antonio Banderas-looking fella. That oh, was, Juan Pablo. Well, yes, I would kinda, Yeah, he kind of figured it out after a while. Because like, he'd be like, what are you doing? What? And I'm I can't like, hear you. I'm on a boat. I can't hear you over the salsa. <laughs> it was exactly That's awesome. like that. He's like, what are you doing? Nothing. I'm teaching. I'm on a boat. We're talking about film. <laughs> yes, I would like a refill. Thank you. <laughs> See. Uno mas. What? How long were you on this boat? Uh, like a couple hours. Oh, you wow. tell somebody you want to see the sunset, they take no, that pretty take seriously. We're driving toward the sunset. Yeah, there in you a go. Boat. Okay. How was? Uh, I don't know. How was? How long were you there in Cartagena? So it was my second time back, and usually when I do it, I'm there, maybe teaching for about three or four days straight, and then it culminates. Uh, we do the actual competition. Oh, that was that was funny. The first year. I was there. I was. I was like, okay, don't worry, writers, producers. I'll be there in the audience cheering you on. And then I heard, no, 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 you are hosting it. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, uh, what? what? So I had to like put my Oprah on. I had like some <laughs> translating things in my ear. I had to. Oh, there's an ear prompter. Like you have like a yeah. somebody translating, like yeah. a UN. Yes. And then I'd have to like introduce the the writers and producers, and they would pitch. And then I'd have to field questions from the panel and like stick mic- microphones in their faces in their language that oh. they were doing. It was a little crazy. This year we did it a little bit differently, but yeah, that's what I, I get a lot at when I travel. Is like, no, no, you're doing this. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the ceviche. I'm there. Oh, whatever. <laughs> all I know about Cartagena is what I saw in Romancing the Stone. That's all. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm a film teacher, right? And, uh, and I have to say, I may not have actually seen all of Romancing the Stone. <gasps> Michael Douglas? I know. Kathleen Turner? I don't know it doesn't how hold I up great, actually. This. But... I went to a really pretentious college where, like... Oh, uh, sorry. We didn't, we, we didn't make it past it, our Fellini Right, exactly. And... Pop culture was frowned upon oh, at the time. God. Are so, you serious? Yeah, so I may have missed it. I may have missed what it. else did you miss? Raiders of the Lost Ark? I missed... Back to the Future? Don't even tell people, because remember, I teach this stuff. But there's, like, a whole bunch of John Hughes movies I, I, didn't, I didn't see either. Again, I went to, Still? Like, I went to Bard. <laughs> yes. But in 30 years, you could, yeah, you could no, make up for those. I've caught up. It's remember, on cable remember every... Remember who I'm married to. Oh, yeah. Right? Like Pat Mr. Francis. Pop right? Mr. 80s pop culture. So, yeah, yeah I've caught... But, yeah, there were some things that I just kind of missed. I know. But it kind of... I don't know. It, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm expecting uh, you. I know. Who was at Bard? Your black turtleneck. Right. Sitting there with your clove cigarette. Woo-hoo, what is this? My beret. John Hughes. Your beret. <laughs> I actually did wear a beret for a time because I dated. How dare you? I dated a guy with a beret. Oh, I and hate, so I hate I everything about this guy. He was an actor, right? <laughs> he was a photographer. Of course he was. Yeah, I take nude photography. <laughs> you're, you're nude or I'm nude because one of us or both. Okay, I see. I see how this works. And now you have a daughter who wants to be an actor. Uh, yeah, the the youngest. Um, not you give her the one your old beret. You give her your old beret. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sarah did the show. She was amazing. She was she, so good. She was so good. She was. This was after she had gone to Japan with her grandmother. Yes. And she came on. She was twelve at the time. 
Um, yes, she's so much more articulate than any of us. Yeah, that. I don't know. Yeah. It can't be Pat's daughter. <laughs> I, he hates when or I say mine. that. He hates when I say that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's really so. If, in terms of the questions you're asked at all these film things, mm-hmm. is there like a common thing that they all ask, no matter what country you're in, about like today's movies or what to- they should do? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Everybody asks, how do you get an agent? Oh, yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. You know, they're asking the same thing in L.A. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's more that they're just so excited to tell you their story. Um, and when pushed, like every student, to where I go, yeah, how, do th- how does that happen? Mm. Uh, how do you solve the problem? Um, that's when they'll kind of all cheat. Everybody will be like, yeah, and then they find the treasure and there's a happy ever after. Like yeah. everybody does that. And that's sort of my job is to, is to bring that out. So there is sort of this common excitement in the first act and laziness in the third act, wherever you go. That's, that's, uh, that's what I find. Who is basically paying to bring you over? Is it the government programs or is it like, I mean, a lot of governments actually support the arts. Oh, uh, I don't know. Yes, I know. We're getting away from that here. Yes, which is good and bad because often what will happen is, let's say it's a film school. Like, for example, I think is a Cologne. I'm going to Cologne in Germany um, in uh, September, um, and I've never been to Germany. You're kidding. Um, yeah. You know where you're going for Oktoberfest. <laughs> it's the time. The be- perfect September is the month. I always say this uh, to go anywhere in the northern hemisphere. Yeah, it's the best. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking. It's going to be beautiful. Uh, I'll be there in Europe. And then, and I'm. Oh, I know. I've been. Look, you know what sucks, right? Is you and I travel so much, but not since Vietnam have we managed to actually get together in any of these places. No, that's true. We were in London at the same time. That's true. That is true. You were with Pat. Right. And we, Pat and I spent a day together walking yeah, around. Yeah, you and Pat get to hang out. I yes. never get to hang out with you. Well, you're working. <laughs> that's true. You, you're actually you know, doing stuff. But you hang out with me, you'll end up on a yacht seeing oh, the sunset. Me and Juan Pablo. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I, can, I can show you a good time. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> but as far as the government stuff goes, if, a gov- if the government is... Involved, Yes, it's great because they've given the funds to this organization to bring me in, right? But then the other part is, no, we have to ask about that. No, we have to ask about this. No, we can't provide this unless we do that. Like there's a lot of on the organizing sense of it, they can't say boo without checking in. Mm-hmm. So that is does get a little frustrating sometimes. There's a lot more... Well, you know, a lot more bureaucracy here because it's capitalistic in <laughs> yeah. terms of, yeah, well, we're just going to throw this up and it's our rules, you know. Um, but then I have found that most people are hands off with what I teach and how I teach it once I'm there. I would think like before the Internet, there would be the impression that amongst them that they would have to go to L.A. or something, go to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to say now, I guess they don't have to. You can just make it. In your own country and put it out there. Right. Like, and I think what, what a lot of times, the reason I'm there is because they're trying very hard to create their own, uh, you know, like... Uh, to, they don't want a brain drain of all their young people right, leaving. Right. So they want to serve their own movie business or, um, or, or create more TV because that's so huge right now. Um, this is also where they run into mo- to money problems sometimes because if the government is only funding, funding the... the fictional content out there, then it becomes a little bit of, yeah, we've had one formula that works. Why should we change it? So like changing anything 
within a government bureaucracy. We know how hard it is here. Yeah. So imagine that on a sort of fictional level. So, so that becomes a problem. They've brought me out as a first step to change things. And then they can say, well, this teacher says, and it gives it a little more authority to start changing uh, the way things have always been done. Has there ever come to a point where they'll pitch something that might be anti-government and they're afraid to do it or... Well, if they're afraid, maybe in China that would happen. But. If they're afraid, they're not they're not doing it. Yeah, you know, um, or not telling you about it. Right, <laughs> exactly. Not saying it until it's done. Exactly. I, you know, I expected more of that. Um, I have been surprised with some of the stories I've heard because I, I keep like looking around, going, "Can you say that?" You know what I mean? Um, so it, it sneaks into my classes, but maybe out in the real world it, it might not fly you have know? you ever had some crazy translation problems any incidents where you're like wait i didn't say that i, I don't, think, don't know <laughs> i don't think he said know. exactly how you're translating it. uh yeah i don't know i know that in there was the idea of conflict and obstacle uh were the same words so, oh. but in movie, not necessarily. You can talk about sort of the emotional conflict, the physical conflicts, but then you can also have real obstacles that are in the way, right? So you're talking one thing is sort of thematic and one is tangible. Um, so that, that became a problem. But one thing is it's hilarious. When I have an in-person translator... In and, person? Yeah. So sometimes I have the little the little UN earphone thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right? Which I don't really like. When, yeah. When there's an actual person there. Yeah. When I have, like, people who are translators, they're often weirdly, like, kind of look like me, which is strange. <laughs> they're often, like, these short brunettes, right? Right. And then by the end of the three days that I'm teaching or whatever, they have taken on my mannerisms. <laughs> they're dressing like me. It's really weird where I'm like, there's... And I think it's, they're a good translator. They're really right. taking on. They're like realizing this is how the, the teacher communicates. So I'm watching somebody like overly gesticulate or, you know, wear, you know, some mm-hmm. tight gray black dress. I'm like, that, that's me. Jeez. <laughs> what the? <laughs> to be fair, in China, it's not hard to find a short brunette. This is, you know what? That is wrong. <laughs> that is wrong. Actually, being being super short, right, and being like when I was in Vietnam, we don't I was, want to like, make it sound I was like the biggest person. Yeah, Vietnam, right? they're tiny. Uh, but in China, no, there's everybody's really they're like Americans. They're what? yeah. There's, you should have seen my organizers there. They're like taller than you. You're kidding? Yeah, everybody was. Yeah, and again, well, basketball like, is very popular. It, right, it's this thing that we have in our heads, and it's like we kind of lump all Asian people in. Like <laughs> they all have one body type, and it's like no, that's actually not the case. Well, at all. I know the Japanese and South Koreans are much bigger than they used to be because they're changing diets and everything. I know. have no idea. You can what thank it McDonald's is. and dairy that we brought them for that. <laughs> all I, all I know is I was kind of bummed out to still be really short. I mean, <laughs> You couldn't buy off the rack like um, in uh, Vietnam. You could. You were like towering over people. I was the biggest person. <laughs> it was so funny. Five foot one, biggest person. So you haven't uh, gone to Australia? Yet? They haven't brought oh, you over there. I forgot to mention Australia. Yeah, that's what I thought you. Had yeah, gone. I did. Now in that case, that was Are you Sydney or Melbourne? Sydney and Melbourne. Both. I can't believe I left it off the list. Um, I loved it. Sydney was beautiful. Right? I mean, you've been there, right? Yeah. And I love the idea that you take a boat from one part. Like the city is kind of around the, the bay, water, yeah. right? And then you want to go from to one part of the city. So you just take this boat like it's a subway. Yeah, the water taxi. I, kind of. oh, I was like, 
This nice, is amazing. Huh? Yeah, I, I love that. Although I ha- I was one of those people that passed out on the plane on the way to Sydney. What What do you mean? You would, you know you've oh, been on international flights and people like somebody will like pass out and you're like who's that wimp that like, passed out? Like you weren't just sleeping, you were I unconscious. Passed out. It was so embarrassing. Not drinking enough water? I don't know. You're drinking too much? No, shut up. <laughs> no, I. What happened? I um I have a. For somebody who travels a lot, I have an ear thing. Oh. And um, so I started getting a little bit dizzy, and I, I stood up to try and go to the, the restrooms to, you know, because I thought, oh, God, I might get sick. And then I just woke up in an aisle with somebody saying, squeeze my hand, squeeze my hand, you know. Oh, God. You know, and it was really it was bad. On the way to Australia. On the way to. And so then you're I had to over get the there. Pacific Ocean. Yeah, and I had to get there and meet and greet and, uh, and teach the next day. Cause, well, did, yeah. they, did a doctor come on board? When mm, you, no, you so know you what? woke up. Did, what did they give you? They gave me, okay, so they give Aspirin? me this huge oxygen tank that I am literally <laughs> holding, okay? I'm Here's holding, an iron lung. And I'm thinking... What does the girl have to it. do to get to first class here? You know, I mean, right. they put me back in my coach seat, hugging this oxygen tank, and, I'm, and I keep passing out. I keep like, uh, boom. You know, and the person next to me would like get the flight attendant and be like, yeah, uh, she, she passed out again. <laughs> oh, my God. And like, I'm telling you, man, Wait. a girl cannot get out of coach. Had this happened to you before? Uh, I'm a bit of a fainter, but never... Um, directly on a plane before so this is from your equilibrium or something and yeah can you do like a patch or something that i i do all people? kinds of stuff but oh. every once in a while it just gets to me it happened oh. actually at the great wall too oh my god really <laughs> yeah i was like because altitude because like, of altitude so oh. I'm, I'm there and i'm like all like sort of just hunched over like trying to trying for it to pass and all these and all these people were just stepping over me <laughs> chinese style it was so funny oh my god that's scary though it was it was you know i think you know traveling is so awesome except for traveling right yeah if we could we need those star trek transporters yeah that just send us over there yeah. yeah so you can't like scuba dive or anything like that probably no nope. yeah nope can't do any of that like i would anyway you know me i don't know well you might I, you've been adventurous. Can I do that in heels? What I if don't Juan think Pablo so. asked you, to, oh, oh, would you like to see the sunset and maybe. then take a dive? I will. I, in Juan Pablo's defense, because because <laughs> he's probably listening to this podcast. Actually, um, he is actually a, a kick-ass producer who's produced things okay. in Colombia and in the United States, and actually plans to come out here and segue into um, uh, just all doing filmmaking out in LA, and uh, is nowhere near the stereotype that we have put. On no. him. However, I'm pitching he is Antonio Banderas. Good looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he, he never meets any women, I'm sure. Um, that's funny. So, how long were you in Australia? Just a couple of days, like, like two so days, only, two days in Sydney hit. and two days in Melbourne. That's a long way to go for four days. Yeah, I know. I'm really lucky in, in doing all this traveling and having a podcast of my own that wherever I go, there's. And also having all these clients around the world that I work with on Skype, I know somebody usually wherever I go. So I was able to have dinner with clients and lunch with oh, another great. one. And, you know, that was that was cool. So other than Germany, where's the next ones coming up? You're going to be so jealous. Oh, no. Where? Rome <gasps> in October. Perfect. Yeah, baby. Perfect time to be there, too. I am so excited. You've never been? I went with Pat in July. Oh, no. It's uh, hot and unbearable. It was kind of hell. I was not. I was like, 
I don't know if this is worth it. October's perfect. Yeah. And and again, like maybe see a different side of Rome than the tourist side. I'm really looking forward to that. Is Pat going to join you in that one? You know, if Pat joins me for all this stuff, then there's really no reason for me to leave town. Because right. then it just we just break even. It's not oh, like right, writing yeah. teachers gay. They're not paying for him? Yeah. Like you may be listening <laughs> to this going like, why aren't you in first class? Well, that's the life of like a traveling writing teacher. It's not exactly like yeah. I'm like doing TED Talks, you know? You got to put in your writer. That, you know, it's like I have to bring my own valet and then Pat can go. Yeah. Or I'll go. So you make or Juan little, Pablo goes. Right. You make a little money, you see the world, and you come home, but not enough to, to pay yeah. for everybody else. Every once in a while, I'll bring, like, I brought Sarah and Rita oh, okay. on different London trips, um, and that was cool. And it didn't matter that I just broke even because I got to to show them the world a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's you know. just really their airfare, really. Once they, they can share a room with you, so right. it's not like, yeah. Exactly. You got to get get in those mileage programs. <laughs> I, hope you're, I hope you're getting I'm all these miles. I'm on now. I hope you're getting all these miles. I'm on goal. Are you on that global traveler thing? Global entry. Yeah. Yeah, it's the greatest so $100 I ever spent in my awesome. life. Awesome. Right? Anybody who's listening. And, and then the TSA pre-check that comes with it, comes it domestically. With it. That's why I've always said this. It's uh, very confusing. People will get the TSA pre-check and not get global entry, whereas you spend the extra $15, you yes. get global entry and get both. And they give you a little interview, yes. which I was really scared about. Like, oh, I, it's five minutes. I prepared for my interview. <laughs> By what? Clearing your police record? Well, you know... You don't get stopped all the time, and I do. You do? Look at me. My name is Pilar Alessandra. Oh, it sounds a, a little foreign. Greek it's not Russian Muhammad descent. El- yeah, yeah well, but if you're going to randomly pick somebody, I'm randomly picked a lot. Well, you're castable in many different ethnicities. You right. Could, you exactly. Could pass, exactly. So I get, I get really, pulled over. Really? You get pulled over? Oh, You're my the God. one that they... Uh, come on. Yeah. I mean, and it's so funny, because I'm like, come on, people. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God, that's funny. So yeah, so I was all worried they wouldn't give it to me, but but now that I got my little card, I feel great. And you come off that long flight and you see that huge line for the passports. You're like, see you, suckers. I'm going right in the little kiosk. That's right. That's right. And it's helped me just going in and out of uh, Canada. All summer long. Canada's you know? the worst, right? They really climb up your ass in, in they, terms of they ask you a lot of questions. You know now. why though? I mean, are you finding this right? Everybody's so pissed at you now. Like whenever, yeah. Whenever you go traveling now, the first thing anybody asks you about is Trump, right? Yeah. Everybody, every, and like you have to learn how to say I did not vote for Donald Trump in like a million languages, <laughs> and they're all like people will ask me Australia about it. they would not shut up about it oh my god well because yeah. they're just astounded they are like they can't believe it they yeah. think we've all been hit and hit with mad cow disease and they're right you know mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the heck but but like the people ask me about it who've been run by dictators and been from communist yeah. countries <laughs> and they're like what's up with this guy Trump and I'm like I'm I, well they they, they know the signs you know they yeah. see what how it starts you know yeah. you start you know going after the election process. Mm-hmm. Then you start going after the judges. Then you go after uh, your, quote-unquote, uh, cultural elites, mm-hmm. you know, artists, yeah. screenwriters, um, journalists. Right. And they see it, oh, yeah, consolidating, you know, putting your family on your inner circle. And, and all of a sudden, now as Joint Chiefs of Staff as a general, all of a sudden military people started getting high-level positions. And it's just... It's the same patterns they see all demonizing immigrants. Right. You know, it's right. All, that's how it all starts. And if you go in and you're supposedly sort of a, an authority figure teaching something, there's a little bit of a, yeah, really? You know, yeah. it, it, that has, it's, it's, it's just there. Did it's the a, students ask? 
oh, God, yes. Oh. Everybody asks. Everybody asks. And it's like. You almost got to burn the first five minutes of your speech. It's like, look. Right. Didn't go for him. Let's move on. Right now. Right now. So what are your, other than Rome, what are your uh, dream destinations? Put it out there in the universe and then people will hire you. Where do you want to go? God, I don't know what's. What's left? Left. So I've, I've taught on every continent except. What about Greece, your people? What about that? What about the Greek island? Maybe Santorini, Greece. they'll bring you in. That would be nice. I have never <laughs> been to Greece. So let's put that out there because you're That's going, right. right? Yes. All right. When are you going? September when you're in uh, Europe. See, you just, you're just always getting away from me. Would you like to see the sunset? <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there? Juan Pablo. I've got a new move now. <laughs> so, uh, But they've never brought you to like... Scandinavia. I'm no, surprised at that. I haven't been there With yet. With all their money and English speakers. Right. And their history of film, especially in Sweden and stuff. Yeah. Oh, no. I went to Poland. Well, no, oh, that's, you did. that's near Scandinavia, isn't well, it? Well, yeah, that's not. <laughs> that's not. I'm thinking of like. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, tell me about Poland. You were, which, which city did you go to? Warsaw. Okay. I, I only went to Krakow. I, I, I wasn't there. Again, I try to make the trips really short so that I can get back to my family and and my work here, yeah. right? But I spent a day in Old Town, right? And, and Which what, has been, I guess, completely rebuilt since the war. Yeah, and what's cool about it is, cool and, and horrible, is you can stand in any part of the city and there'll be a picture, a black and white picture, that shows you exactly where you are and what you're looking at, what it looked like when it was devastated. Yeah. So, and then they rebuilt it to be exactly the same. Not as like a tourist thing, just because it was a great mm-hmm. town and they built it right back up again. Um, so any part in the city, you just, you look over and go, that's what that looked like. And that's what that looked like. And it is, it, it you know, if you're not moved by it, you're, yeah. you're a, can I say dick on your show? Sure. <laughs> you're a dick. What, <laughs> what, uh, what country tried to make you drink the most? Oh, Ireland's pretty good <laughs> okay, well, about yeah, that, that would, right? Yeah, like that. Dublin. And I stay right in the Temple Bar area when I stay oh, in yeah. Ireland. And I stayed at, uh, the, have you been to the U2 owned? Oh, the hipster hotel that they own? Yeah, no, the Clarence. I, never, oh. I stayed at the Clarence. Oh, wow. There. Look at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any Bono sightings? Or? You know, of course I asked and they're like, no, idiot. Bono yeah, is not here. He doesn't here. live here. Go away. <laughs> American tourist. And like Edge lives in Malibu, I think. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, certain countries, because like in China, they can put it back too. They, they'll, um, no, everybody was, you know, I, Poland, I ooh, ate the like, I ate so much in China. I what was lo- the best the thing you had is so good. other than the Peking. Well, duck. I'm a, I'm a dim sum fan, oh, you know, yeah. so every morning I would have that, but there were, there were two things I said no to in China. One was blood soup. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was mm. like, well, that looks like blood. That's, yeah, that's cause it's blood soup. And then, uh, and the other was fried worms. They were actually on <laughs> uh, the menu and I thought, oh, you guys are joking me. And I was like, no, that's, oh, no. that's uh, but did you go through the markets at all and see all the stuff that they're. Because everything's uh, yes. on a stick there. Yes. Anything. Yes, it's true. And, like scorpion uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. One thing I noticed is, uh, like, you know how they, they they don't like a lot of cold food or sweet food? Like, so ice cream was, like, not a... And da- dairy is, like, not a big thing. Cheese, mm. right? Oh, yeah, no. um, But over the past two years, like, now I was seeing, like, ice cream or, or frozen yogurt. I was seeing everywhere okay. suddenly. Like, it had come to Beijing or something like that. We're going to get in their veins somehow. We're going to clog them up. I know. Yeah. Here's McDonald's and ice cream. Yeah. So... But speaking of food, you're going to go to Rome. Oh, it's going to be so good. I know. 
I know. I'm really looking Can you forward. You be Germany. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Putting your beer away. They, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I. I have to say I drink a lot less than I used to. Mm-hmm. Because like when I first started teaching in London and Ireland and That's stuff. That's dangerous. And everybody would be like, come We're on. We're going to the pub yeah, afterwards. We'll yeah. buy you a pint. I'd be like, okay, okay, okay. And I'm like, I loved Guinness. Okay. And uh, and you know what? Just not good. Because the next day you have to <laughs> yeah. face that same person and be a teacher. And they're like, yeah, I saw what you did last night. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. No. So. It's so funny. I met you and Pat on, in London. We went out. And, and I don't think Pat could even finish one pint. He is and the lightweight his. in the Yeah, I know. Family. You're like half his size. You can drink. Yeah, he's, well, he's not a drinker. I'm originally from the Boston area. Oh, yeah. yeah wicked. Right. We go to the Packy. You get... The pa- <laughs> 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 you know, you get something and, you, you know, you tap your keg <laughs> You know, some, oh. sometimes we go to New Hampshire and we get, uh, what was it, like 101 proof, you know, and then you'd have like a... Were you, were the drinking ages <laughs> in... Um, New England still like a different states had different ages. Like when uh, when I was growing up, like Wisconsin was nineteen and Illinois was twenty one. So we'd all like drive up to Wisconsin. Oh, when I first went to Bard in uh, oh, New, New York State, let me adjust my, my beret. Freshman year, it it was uh, eighteen, and they eighteen eighteen in New York State drinking age. Yes, oh. and then it turned over to twenty one, like the very next Reagan. year. Yeah. Yeah, but that first year, yeah, I got a nice little uh, binge drinking problem right there. <laughs> that was that was really good for a freshman. Sure, yeah, yeah, that was good for discipline. Where there's and nothing doing your around in New York State except this one bar at the time called Adolph's, and that was Adolph. that was it. What town is Bard in? Uh, Annadale and Hudson. I have I now Annadale go and I teach in that area. Like I just got back from the Omega Institute in New York, and oh, uh, um, that whole area has been like it's so gentrified now, and there's way more than one bar. It's super cool. What is it near Annandale? Annandale and Hudson is near Tivoli and um, is it near Woodstock Red Hook, and Red, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, right up on the Hudson. Well, yes. That makes sense. Yeah. It's a beautiful area up there. I know. And is that my, by how close to Vassar is it and all that? Pretty close. Yeah. I, I didn't stay there the whole time, even though I really have my heart is at Bard. I transferred to my state school and at UMass Amherst, at UMass Amherst, oh, to be to my follow my boyfriend. There. So uh, uh, yeah, I know. I told you my parents went to UMass, right? That's no. where they met. Yeah. Oh really? Yep. Oh my gosh! Thankfully, didn't go to school with them. Not that old. Thank no. goodness. Oh god, you no. I am. I am. Mike and I are very close in age. <laughs> so we grew up together. Oh. We push each other on the swings. <laughs> pull my except pigtails. I watched. I actually watched the John Hughes movies. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't above them. <laughs> I actually enjoyed them. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're going to wrap this up. Okay. Um, where can people find you oh. and uh, if they want interested in taking class and buying your book? They oh, can right. plug your, book. your second book. Oh, it's just the second edition of. So oh. I've got a second edition of The Coffee Break Screenwriter, which um, is good for people who are busy or traveling because it lets you just sort of hit something in your script, whether it's TV or feature, like in the 10 minutes of time that you have. Um, so that's, that's round. Uh, I do have a new book coming out in 2018, but it's more like a pamphlet. It's pretty pretty small. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what else. Uh, oh, yeah. So the big thing is go to onthepage.tv, and that's where you can find all my classes if you live in L.A. You can find recorded classes if you don't. Um, I believe and you have the a podcast. podcast. Yes, On the Page podcast been running for 10 years. Um, 10 years? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Is that true? Ten years? Yeah, we've had five hundred and thirty episodes, something My like that. My God, that's that's crazy. I know. It's 
nuts. And Mike has been on several of them. Yes, I've, it's been very fun. It was very fun. Yeah, you're you're always awesome. Oh. I always when I need somebody who um, has like a really great voice. Like you've, you've read things for our scene direction yeah, contest. That's what it was, the contest. That's yes. right. And also, but you were on talking about locations at one point because of all, all of your travel. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. That was fun. So on the page.tv. On the page.tv, everything there. And uh, feel free to get in touch and ask a screenwriting cool. question. And last question, uh, about summer film recommendations? Anything? Oh, boy. Uh... Uh, oh, you put me on the spot. Have you liked anything in particular this summer? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And oh my I'm a, I've, okay. a, I've been on a superhero uh, Oh, yeah, Spider-Man. Spider but I have to say, Spider-Man, and you know me, right? I'm usually like, please I'm, stop. I'm costumed out. Right, but this Spider-Man was excellent. Really? Excellent. Okay. I was not a fan of the latest... Um, uh, of the latest uh, Planet of the Apes movie, I love the Planet of the Apes. This 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 whole reboot, mm-hmm. this last one, left me flat. I thought it was so tropey. I thought oh. like if you put human faces on it, it would be every cliche in the book. I know people are going to disagree with me, but right. yeah. But um, TV because I'm all, I also teach TV, and I'm a huge fan of you know I just love what's happened with TV. Have you watched Ozark? No, Jason oh, Bateman, right? My. God. Really good? So good. So good. You can binge watch the whole thing. It's a little bit Breaking Bad, and I guess maybe that's why I love it. Yeah. Um, so good. And I. That's Netflix, too? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. So those would be my recommendations. Well, very good. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks for doing this again. I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, go uh, listen to her podcast on the page with Pilar Alessandra. Thank you, Pilar. Thank you, Mike.